0: Well, good evening, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. Uh, For joining us on a Wednesday night. So this is my third time speaking on a Wednesday night. So I'm doing something decent, or they would not continue to ask me, which I'm surprised they asked me again. Uh, So thank you. I'm I'm teasing. Thank you for being here. Tonight, I have the opportunity uh, to share with you guys. you know, they sang a song tonight, uh, and, and, and part of when you said it, and I believe it. And the message that I had prepared tonight uh, was, was titled, is titled, Because You Said. And, you know, I was talking to Jeanette this week about what song to do, and yesterday, uh, just so you guys know, they love it when you come last minute uh, in the door and ask for a song specifically, and uh, that they enjoy it a lot. I'm kidding. Uh, don't do that ever. Um, and she was singing this song, and I had a different song lined up, and then I heard that, and I was like, that's it. That's the one. That's the one I want to do. Um, and so she sang it, and, and really this message comes from uh, a place of having kids. Uh, I don't know if you have kids. If you don't, um, you, you probably heard your, your nephew or niece do something, and you told them to do something. Um, and, and you wish that they did it. I have three boys, three young boys. The oldest is three, and the youngest is about a month and a half. Uh, and so our house is wild. They wrestle every night. Not the youngest, the, the two oldest ones. Um, and it's, it's just wild. But when you have kids, I, I never told myself, Mom, I, 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 I told my mom, I'm never going to do what you do, Mom. <laughs> right? Oh, boy, did I eat those words. Um, I remember telling my kids, my son Jed, Jed, daddy needs you to do this. Why? Because I said so, right? Jed, daddy needs you to do this. Dad, no. Why? Because I said so. I remember my mom uh, growing up, she said, Ricky, there's one thing that I don't like that you say to me. I'm like, what's that, mom? When she would say something, I'd go, what? Like as a kid, I'd, what? What, mom? And she goes, Ricky, don't say what? I'm like, when I grow up and have my own kids, I'm going to let them do that, whatever, you know, kind of thing. And my son, who's three for some reason, (laughs) now when he does something and I'm telling him something, he goes, what? I'm like, you don't, you don't say what to me. And I hear my mom in the background going, but you said it to me, kind of thing, you know what I mean? And so (laughs) anyways, to go into the message today, really what I want to do is encourage you guys. I want you guys to leave here encouraged with this idea of going back to the beginning when it was so simple, when we had toddlers, and they didn't say what or no, but they simply just did, right? Um, there was a point in time where my oldest just did it because I, because I said it. Um, that doesn't happen often anymore. He's finding his independence. Uh, but really, again, it's to encourage us to go back. I use my son as an example, but really to go back in faith. When, when we would believe and not hesitate, when we believe and go, but this, when we believe and do and not be limited by our circumstance, right? And so we're not gonna camp here, but I'm gonna start here in this verse. It's gonna be Luke 7, 6 through 10. Um, it says, And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent his friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed, for I too am a man of, set under authority. With soldiers under me, I say to one, go, and he goes, and tell my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him and said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found that the servant was well. That's Luke 7, 6 through 10. Again, that's, that, that's the verse I wanted to open up with, but that's not where I want to stay. So let's pray real quick. God, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for those that are here, for those that are watching online. God, I thank you for this moment in time, that even as those are watching this maybe days from now, years from now, God, you are still doing what you're going to do tonight to them. God, we acknowledge that you are here. We're two more gathered in your name. You are in our midst. Lord, we're not asking for you to come. We know that you're here. We acknowledge that. Tonight, Lord, do whatever it is that you do that you need to do in the lives of every person in this room. God, I thank you that you've given me everything that I need. And my trust is in you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we mature in our faith, just like life, we start off like any other adolescent, any other kid. Right? We start off as new believers, we're learning things, right? We're learning new things and you know, I think of, you know, an adolescent. It's you know, I, I looked up the definition. It's it, a young person in the process of developing from a child to an adult. With kids, you know, I think about kids, they're constantly growing. My niece is here tonight with my, with my nephew Dawson, my sister and her husband, my brother-in-law, and uh, um, I'm so blessed to have them here. And I look at my niece and, 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 and my, my nephews and nieces, I look at them, they're so, they're so full of wonder. They're so full of, you know, they're daring, they're adventurous. But the one thing that I love and I see them is innocence. Um, they're not always innocent. I can prove to you, you know, that I can prove to you with my son. Uh, he's a great kid. I'm teasing. I love to pick on him. Jed, if you're watching, you should be in bed. Anyways, um, with kids, the grip on the truth, right? The grip on the truth isn't as important as where that truth would come from. So you could walk up to them. You could walk up to my niece right now and tell her something. And because of her knowing you or not knowing you, she might agree, she might protest, she might look at her mom and say, Mom, who's this? Um, but if I said it, and I walked up to her, and I, because I know her, if I said the exact same thing to her, she'll grab a hold of that. right? I uh, Monday, last Monday, not this past Monday, but the Monday before that, my sister dropped off some white chicken enchiladas to the house. Boy, were we blessed. A hey, To the men. But I'm sitting there grabbing this from her car, and I see her daughter in the back seat, just kind of grumpy. And I look at her, I'm like, oh, Charlie, what's going on? And she's just And and I remember telling her I was like, well, what if Uncle Ricky gave you sucker, right? I mean, come on, that's the way to a kid's heart, right? Sweet to the men, Um, and and her eyes lit up, and I remember just seeing her smile, and um, I I told her I'd give her a sucker the next time I seen her. Well, this Sunday, um, I'm at church and I, I see them walking out of service, and I look at her, and the first thing she says was not Uncle, I love you so much, and you're the best uncle in the world. Uncle, I love you, you're the coolest, you're so handsome. No, 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 no. She says, Uncle, where's my sucker? I'm like, girl, it was five days ago. How'd you remember that? I forgot what I ate last night. And she was just like, Uncle, where's my sucker? (laughs) And I'm like, man, when you tell a kid something, they'll take hold of that, right? They'll remember that. But more than anything, they take it as is. She she in her mind did not go, Yeah, you said that before. Not that I said it before and didn't give her one, all right? I got a good track record going on so far. But I'm saying what I'm saying is that when I tell her something, she believed me. There's no point in her, her little mind that she said, he's trying to bargain with me to make me better. And you know what? I'm not going to give in to that because I think he's lying. No, that's not how her mind processes things. She believed me as is, right? Charlie, I gave her that sucker, and the moment she got it, boy, was her world lit up. You know, I think about my story, and, and, and back in the day, you know, with my dad, I remember uh, my dad was my superhero. Anything he said, I would fall for. You know, not that he was terrible at it or anything like that, but um, I remember, you know, through a part of my testimony, my dad and mom split up when I was about six years old, and I remember thinking to myself, the event that led up to that, I knew something was going to change, but I didn't know what was the change. And I remember him walking up the front door one day, or he was at the front door one day with my mom talking, uh, and they were talking back and forth, and I remember him looking at me, um, and he said, Ricky, do you want to come with me? And I jumped at it. Like, I mean, I didn't care. I, I didn't, the moment I said yes, I didn't look at my mom's face to see if she was hurt or not. I didn't think about my brother or sister. I, I just knew that I wanted to go with my dad. And... He said, go downstairs, get your basket. It was one of those big, long baskets that they had back in the day. Uh, and he said, fill it up with your clothes and put all the toys in it and, 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 and come back up. And I said, okay, Dad, you got it. I remember running downstairs, filling up my clothes, and just super excited to go with my dad. And I remember as I, as I dragged the basket up the stairs, at, the, at every step that the, the basket would hit, I thought about different adventures we'd go on. We're going to go bull running. Yeah, because that's what a kid thinks, right? I'm going to go climb the pyramids off limits, by the way. You can't do that. But I didn't care. As a kid, that wasn't, you know, I I knew that these these were some of the things that I was going to do with my dad. And I remember getting upstairs and and getting to the front door, and I saw his taillights pull out, and he was gone. And as a kid, I remember thinking to myself, wow, he left because I did something. And from that moment on, I thought to myself, well, I'm going to have to earn people's love for the rest of my life, right? That's what I saw as a kid. You know, a child is always in the state of awe and rest, or, and, and rest within an unknown paradigm or can also be known as innocence. Untouched by worldly beliefs and constructs, their heart is pure, and they are completely free of mental slavery. They have no understanding of heaven and hell. They only know the world through direct experiences, renewing itself ever, with every moment. They don't see other people as separate from themselves. But as one giant family. What can happen after a while is through life experiences, the child learns and will filter the world. Why? It's because believe it's because kids believe. Well, that, that question is before. No, no, let me ask you the, why a child believes that they do. I think it's because kids believe without reservation, right? Like, I mean, they don't, again, they don't think and process things. Um, sometimes they just do without filter. You ever have your kid say something embarrassing in public and you're like, why did you say that? He's not mine, or she's not mine, you know, what I mean? <laughs> that, that guy. And then you quickly leave, right? <laughs> I got some stories, but I, I might not share it right now. <laughs> okay, fine, just one, I'll share one. Um, I have a niece. Selena, who's a lot older now, but at the time I remember her sitting in the car and my uncle sat next to her and the first thing she said was, and I'm like, that's kids, right? Anyways, move forward. (laughs) Again, they're, they're without persuasion, they just believe as toddlers. You see, the kingdom of heaven, it's funny, you know, again, believe for kids. The kingdom of heaven operates in the currency of faith, something a child who before facing the world and its problems has a lot of and that's why we're told that in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 18.3 says, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And then that brings me to a verse, Hebrews 11. And this is kind of where we're going to really be camping tonight. Now faith, 11.1, 11, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, the, the, the message version, right, the, the, uh, the poet version, I think, is the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The fact of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd, Right? It's their faith. It's the faith. It's them trusting in God. You know, just like the, that, that poet version, the message version says, you know, and New King James says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The message version says, the fundamental fact of existence is that trust in God. Faith, you know, let's just say it's not by an act of faith, but it's by a trust in God. Okay? So let's say it like that. By trusting in God, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. That's what God noticed and approved as righteous. After all these centuries, the belief that continues to catch our notice. By an act of faith, by an act of trust, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. His family was saved and he became intimate with God. By trusting in God, Sarah, who wasn't able to have kids, ended up being the carrier for a people who are now numbering to the millions. By an act of trusting in God, Joseph declared the future of Israel in their exodus. By trusting in God, Moses' parents hid him away for three months after his birth. When grown, he refused to have the privileges of, Egyptians, of, of Egyptian royal house. He chose a hard life with God's people rather than an easier life with his oppressors. By faith, by trusting in God, Moses led them through the Red Sea. And by trusting in God, the Israelites marched and took down the walls of Jericho. And there are many more stories in Hebrews 11. Each one of these people of faith died not yet having in hand what was promised, but still believed. How? They were able to do this because they knew that what they were experiencing was only temporary. Amen? What they were going through wouldn't last forever. But they had one thing. It was trusting in God. You know, I look at my kids, and I look at my nieces and nephews, and they're not sitting there asking, Dad, what's your motive? They just trust me. And me being a, a, a father on earth, giving them good gifts, I have to believe that my God in heaven will give greater. Hebrews eleven thirty two 32 through 33 says, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jepheth, of, D- of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, as you go down a little bit, but others others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains of imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn into, they were killed with a the sword, they were they, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts, in mountains, and in dens and in caves of the earth. You know, when we're going through stuff, oftentimes because through the experiences of life, right, through the world, we kind of filter our thoughts. Our doubts start to surface more and more. We question, Lord, is this really you? God, is this really, is this really you? Because I'm finding it hard to believe. I told you guys a couple times, I think the first time I spoke, I shared a story about my brother and his wife's testimony of losing their daughter uh, 10 days before her due date. We were, I remember walking through that with them, and, and really just from afar, they live in California, and you, and you want to do so much, but you're so far, so you can only do so little, and, and often the most thing you can do, the best thing you can do is pray for them, but as they're walking through this journey, you're like, Lord, I hope that they don't favor. Lord, I pray that they said, steadfast in your love, and that's what they did, and, 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 and not being down, and instead of saying, you know what, I can be out for the count, they, they started a foundation in their daughter's name, and now They're thriving. She's doing podcasts and helping other mothers who are experiencing loss and other families experiencing loss get through that because she went through that and she knows what it was like. He's still in the church. He's serving in their youth program. And he's actually leading it. And for me as a brother looking from afar, I'm so proud of him. He was the reason why I said yes to Jesus. And I thought to myself, if he could fall, maybe I could too. But no one said he stood strong. And because of his faith, I'm encouraged by, my, by him and to seek after my own and build my own. But over time, if we're not careful, if we're not remembering who to trust in, we we can create this castle and this moat, right? We can have our own kingdom. This is my castle. You can't come in. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about knocking on the gate. I'm in control. Then when you start taking control, you ask yourself, why are these things not falling into place? How do we lose sight of trusting without hesitation? back to my main point. Again, tonight I wanted to encourage you to go back to the moment where you believed and trusted in him without hesitation. I'm not saying for you to listen to the words that pastors and speakers speak to you and, and, and just believe as is. Go back to the word and look at everything that is said. But go, going to your relationship with him and when you had a personal relationship, the personal relationship with Jesus that you have, remember when you believe because you knew. You knew that you trusted in him and that's all you needed. We lose sight of that because we lose who's in control. But when we put put our focus back on him, when we say, yes, Jesus, I trust you, when we say, God, without reservation, your word says, I believe, Lord. The answer isn't how you understand and can break down an equation. The problem that you might be going through, well, I'm going through this because I did this. You know, I cut off a dude back in 93. That's probably why I'm experiencing this. No, come on. The answer isn't the equation that you can figure out. The answer is in the who you believe and who you trust. Who said you would persevere? Who said you had the victory? Who said you would get through that hard moment? Because I know, being a believer, I wish when we said yes to Jesus, all the problems of the world would just disappear. For us, right? I want my grass greener than my neighbor. (laughs) I want that better car. Lord, for me, I want I it to be as simple as possible, Lord. But it isn't. We aren't promised to not go, go through things. We aren't promised to struggle, or we aren't promised not to struggle. When you said yes to Jesus, it's not like the devil is like, we can't touch him. We, can touch the, we can't touch him. Okay? That's I wish. But that's not what we're called to Somewhere in Scripture says we're called to suffer. You Still want to be a believer? These are his promises. And I'm going to read through a couple of them. I might read through all of them. There's 15. They aren't, they aren't that long, but I'm going to read them to you because these are his promises for us. That as we call upon him, and as we go back to trusting in him without hesitation, God, because your word says so, these are the things I'm going to trust in. And that you, there might be issues that you might be facing right now. Ricky, I don't know, you don't know what I'm going through. You're right, I don't. And I, honestly, I'm going to tell you this right now, I might not have the answer, but I just know who to point you to. And that's what all I can do. God promises never fail. Joshua 21:45. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. God is always good. Psalms 119:68. 68. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. God is always with me. Joshua 1.9, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is faithful. Uh, faithful. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold unswervingly to the hopes we have professed. For he who promised is faithful. God is kind and compassionate. Isaiah 54.10 says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion for you. God designed me with purpose. Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God loves me deeply no matter what. Romans 8.38.39 says, For I am convinced, Romans 8 30 through 39. People are like, wow, I didn't know that that existed. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's presence bring me joy, brings me joy. Psalm 16, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your hand. The last one that I'm going to say out of the 15 is God has a plan for my life. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. "they are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and hope. These are the things, actually, just kidding, I'm going to say one more. God can be trusted. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. These are the kinds of words that we can stand on. These are the kind of scriptures that we can pull to and cling to when we're going through, going through things like the, the death of a child, the, the mourning of a mom or a father, the mourning of someone, uh, the mourning of anyone. These are the kind of promises that we can stand on when we're not sure if we're going to make it to the next paycheck. These are the kind of promises that we're not sure, but Lord, I'm going to believe that you're going to provide the house that I need. These are the kind of promises that we can believe and we can trust in when we're going through things. As believers, we're called to rest and trust in him, to stand on his word. Living fi- again, living by faith doesn't mean we won't experience the world. Living by faith means I trust him regardless of the world. Last verse that I have is Hebrews eleven thirty-five. 35. This is in the middle of, of the, the by faith Part of of what I was reading earlier, by faith, you know, Noah did this, by faith. But later in, in 35, it says, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Yes, I could say, you know what? I could say no to Jesus. But that only gains me something here on earth. Eternity is so much bigger than what I'm experiencing now. Our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and those around the world are being martyred. In the same way that these, these guys are seeing in the Bible, they're seeing there's something better for me. I might not be able to experience it right now. Matter of fact, I might be going through some pretty hard moments. <laughs> some of them are being executed right in front of each other. But it's through trusting and, and, and believing and having faith in their God that I believe that their reward in heaven is so much greater than anything they could ever experience on earth, amen? The last story that I, I think about is uh, in Mark, and the disciples are, are getting ready to leave the crowd, and they get into the boat, and, and, and you've probably heard this many of times, but Jesus starts sleeping on a cushion. I remember reading that. Jesus is sleeping on a cushion, and the waves start going crazy, Okay, that's Ricky's version of the Bible. There, uh, please read the Bible. Please go back and read it. I told you earlier, don't take what I said for 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 truth. Right? Um, go back. But in that moment, Jesus is sleeping, and the disciples run again. Uh, I always people always pick on Peter, so I'm just gonna throw Peter out there. Um, he was he was probably the one that ran up to Jesus and said, "Jesus, we need you, or this ship is gonna sink." And the and the cool thing about this whole entire thing is that. Jesus knew that they were going to get through it, that it was going to happen. they have been on how many, how many times on a boat with Jesus, right? Even there, there was a time where after they fed thousands after stealing some kid's lunch. I'm just, okay, they didn't steal it. Um, but even after that miracle, they still were like, Jesus, we need you. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Jesus goes, why are you afraid? Jesus was with them. And the thing about the storm and the, and the story about the storm that happens in the middle as they're, as they're I imagine, sailing away, wrong away, is that Jesus is there with them and he's still going to be there with them. That it wasn't a promise that they'll never not run into a storm, but it's the promise that you'll get through it. So as you're facing the things and the things that you're going through, um, I'm just going to stand up here and tell you I'm sorry that you're going through those things. And I'm believing with you that you're going to get through it. (laughs) There are some things that I wish I could tell you that I had an answer for, but I don't. But I know one thing is that I can just trust in Jesus. Because what's going to happen in advance, what's going to happen is far better than the one I'm experiencing now. I have to believe it. I choose to believe it. I choose to trust in him. And so that's my prayer for you guys um, that as you leave here, going back to that first moment, I was just going, God, I, I remember that was like, Lord, I might, I, I might have forgotten, it's been so long. Remind me of that. That as you leave here, be reminded, pray and ask him, God, remind me, remind me what that was like. When I believed without hesitation, when I believed without reserve, give me faith like a child again. Let me trust, Lord, in you, that you say that you are there, you are Jehovah Jireh, you call yourself the provider all right, God, I'm going to believe. Even though right now I might be struggling with this, might, I might not be able to pay this bill, but Lord, I'm, I am believing and trusting in you that you have me. That's what your word says, so I'm going to trust that. You might have lost someone just recently. And again, I don't know why, but I do know one thing, he's faithful. He is trustworthy. He can be trusted. So as you go through these things, just go, you know what, God? I'm just gonna declare it. So I want you guys all with me real quick here just to repeat after me in this here. Jesus, I might be going through whatever it is, insert whatever it is, but I know that you are faithful and I trust you. Jesus, help me with my unbelief. Jesus, I already have the victory in you. God, I thank you for all that you're doing for me, for all that you're doing through me, And I just trust in your word. I thank you that I serve a God who is for me and not against me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.